Hello all and welcome to episode 9 of Geeks and Games. I'm Tiger and I'm joined here by Yoshimitsu. Hey! Um, last episode was the video game songs one and that episode took a while to edit. I had to insert a bunch of tracks. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Um... I know you sent me a bunch of SoundCloud links, but... The way I do it is I use um, a YouTube to MP3 file converter, so I just looked up all the songs you gave me on YouTube. Oh. Oops. I know a couple of them were YouTube links, but um, everything ran smoothly. It, it sounds really good. I feel like I would have changed a couple of my choices. Like, um, I don't think Smash Ultimate should have been that high up. But um, still, I'm happy with how it turned out. Before we get into... Our special topic today. Hang on. Actually, I have yes. to ask. Um, I'm not actually able to listen to any of our podcast episodes, and I feel terrible about it. I don't that have it. any of those sites. All right, but well. how did you end up formatting it with the sound? I should have asked this earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, what I did was I found an MP3 converter online. My dad actually showed it to me since um, he has a podcast. But um, so I looked through the list you sent me looked up the track, copied the link, put it in the converter, and then once I had it downloaded, I was able to cut and paste the file to GarageBand, which is what I use for editing. Like, how much of it, uh, each track did you end up putting in, though? Um, I think I want to say, like, a, around 15 to 20 seconds per track. Maybe a bit more for some of them. I know you said you wanted the cave story one to be the whole thing, if possible, but that wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. So, anyway, before we get into our special episode topic, there are a couple of news bits I wanted to share first. First, this is something I should have discussed a long time ago, but there are two video game and movie announcements that I just didn't really think I should have mentioned on the podcast. I I should. All right, number one, Tom Holland is going to be playing Nathan Drake in an adaptation of the Uncharted video game series on the PlayStation consoles. That sounds interesting. Tom Holland is quickly becoming Hollywood's one of Hollywood's biggest stars alongside Dwayne Johnson. Actually, speaking of Dwayne Johnson, he has the show that just came out called Young Rock, and me and my family have been watching it, and it's super good. Highly recommend it. Um, and another video game film adaptation that's coming out is The Last of Us, which has the guy who played the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, as the character of Joel. Oh, there is actually one more. There was a trailer drop. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, so I probably could have covered it in a previous episode, but it was a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they're making a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> and I've heard of none of the actors. Probably going to be R-rated. You know, yeah, my for... only question is why? It's a oh. fighting game. They're not supposed to have in-depth stories. It's kind of just the point is to beat no. each other up. I actually saw the tomb raider film a while ago and apparently hollywood really didn't like it but i thought it was you know basically kind of okay something didn't make sense to me so there's this part where lara croft's journeying with a crew through the arctic and she's only wearing her like um her like spandex suit and a giant wool overcoat that like she wasn't bundled up enough and that well, coat was my issue is just why make a movie off of a game that isn't meant to have much of a story um, it, the point is, you're supposed to be beating each other up, not... I don't know much about Mortal Kombat, but if it's anything like most other fighting games, you aren't playing a storyline, you're just fighting random people. 
Yeah. Well, there are, I think the only, there aren't too many video game movies. The only ones that I can think of that, like live action, there are tons of animated ones, especially Pokemon ones. But there's um the Super Mario Bros. movie from the 90s. There was Detective Pikachu, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. There's the upcoming ones that I just said, the Lara, the, um, the Tomb Raider film, the other Tomb Raider film. And the sequel to that original Tomb Raider film with Angelina Jolie. So there's the original Tomb Raider film with Angelina Jolie. And then there's the other one with Alicia Vikander. I think that's how you pronounce it. I have no idea. Those are all the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, If you have any suggestions for ones we missed, please send it to us. But yeah, anyway, we should do an episode about video game films someday that would be fun there's actually an upcoming mario movie that i mentioned when we did every mario game but anyway another thing is there was a pokemon virtual concert last week and post malone was like um the host of it or something i don't know i didn't watch it but the thing i did catch was there were some news for a couple of new pokemon games one of which are remakes of the ds games pokemon diamond and pearl I think they're going to be called like Brilliant Diamond and Shimmering Pearl or something. And the other one is Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I think is a character from the Pokemon Diamond game. Let me look this up. Yeah, Arceus, uh, or well, I don't know exactly how it's pronounced. Uh, I've heard several different versions, but Arceus in Pokemon, it's kind of like the alpha Pokemon created everything from scratch. It's essentially God in Pokemon. It's yeah. Nice. Except um, in the actual card game, it's kind of trash and barely ever appears. So, Well, I don't and really play is. the card game. My cousins collect them, but I'm really not a, a card collecting guy. Yeah, um, the card game kind of destroys some central aspects of both the game and uh, the TV show. For instance, you have these legendary Pokemon like Groudon and Arceus. They're supposed to be super powerful. In the card games, there are certain versions of Pikachu that are even better than them, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it's it's no. Um. Well, I do think you have a point there. Um. Actually, speaking of collecting, my sister's actually starting to collect amiibo characters. She got a couple of Breath of the Wild ones since that's like her favorite game ever. I haven't played it. Please don't kill me, listeners. <laughs> Um, also, I looked this up on, on anchor due to statistics. Apparently we have an estimated follower of one. So we have five total plays across the episode so far, since I converted to anchor a week ago and an estimated follower of one, hopefully it'll grow. Thank you person. Um, anyway, so that's basically all the news. So moving on to our topic it's going to have to do with our years in gaming. So Yoshimitsu, please start that off. Okay. So for today's years in gaming, we have the year 1988. Very good year. So January 8th saw the release of Super C. That's um, a sequel to Contra. Oh, Super Contra. Okay. Uh, July saw Nintendo Power Issue 1. October 9th, Super Mario Bros. 2 was released. Yeah, that's the um American version. Okay. Because uh, Doki Doki Panic, which is the one that's reskinned after, came out uh the previous year for the Famicom disc system. 
Famicom DS. <laughs> Technically, it's abbreviated as FCD on Nintendo Wiki, but this is an argument I don't want to get into for the third time. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, October 23rd, Super Mario Bros. 3 was released in Japan, and uh, the North America release wasn't until February 12th in 1990. October 9th, the Sega Mega Drive, or Sega Genesis, uh, was released. Whoop, whoop. Uh, October, at some point, uh, Ninja Gaiden was released. December 17th, Final Fantasy II was released. Christmas Eve uh, saw the release of Mega Man 2. In December, uh, at some point, saw Double Dragon 2 The Revenge. And at some point during uh, 1988, uh, Thunder Force was released. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, About Double Dragon 2, I think... Um, I think there was like a remake of it that we brought up in our worst games ever episode. And I thought that one was pretty interesting since it was included on the NES classic, but it must be like a different version of double dragon too. Um, also it's re- really weird to see how close super Mario bros two and three were released to each other. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Like you said, October 29th, the Sega mega drive released in Japan or as it, Eventually released in America. I didn't get the North American date down. So I can get it. But anyway, after the Sega Mega Drive had released, it underwent two console revisions. There was the Genesis 2 and the Genesis 3. My uncle owns a Genesis 2. There were also a couple of um, interesting controller revisions for the console. There was, because Mortal Kombat and other fighting games like that had super complex mechanics the three button layout of abc just didn't work so they included an xyz button layout in an updated controller so fighting games could be a little bit easier to use um there were also a couple of interesting third party offerings too like i think i said this in the episode where we covered the nes but the turbo touch 360 was a third party controller release not just for the nes but also the sega genesis and it's, it kind of works similarly to a smartphone controller where it's just like a hexagonal yellow plate, but you um, move your finger on it and that supposedly works with the game. It's kind of odd, but anyway, I think those are all the controllers I know about for the Sega Genesis. If you have um, any interesting Sega Genesis controllers you use throughout your life, if you have one. Yeah, please email us at geeksandgamespodcast at gmail.com pretty early for a plug, but I, I do want to hear about that. I don't think I've got, except for one, I don't think I've gotten a single email. So, yeah, like I, I'm not desperate or anything, but I would like to hear from our listeners. Um, He's pretty desperate. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not. Uh, so, I, I just checked. It says that um, Sega released the Genesis in America. Uh, in New York City and Los Angeles only on August 14th in 1989, and then it was released to the rest of the country later that year. Nice. Um, But anyway, you can't talk about the Sega Genesis without covering the world's greatest Sega character ever. I was going to say video game character, but I think that honor should go to Mario. I'm going to, it's going to have to be Sonic because I'm, so if like video game companies are a family, Nintendo is essentially the fun uncle who all the kids like, and Sega is essentially like the angsty teenager. That was, um, (laughs) 
I saw that um, um, metaphor in the this book. I've, I brought it up before. It's called Super Mario, How Nintendo Conquered America, and it's really good. If you have an Audible subscription, the audiobook version is free. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog 1, I've played some of it on the uh, iOS, the App Store version that was made by some guy named Christian Whitehead. And one thing I try to do is get all the Chaos Emeralds, but that game moves at a supersonic speed, pun intended. Yeah, there's a reason it's called Sonic. (laughs) Yeah, and you have to, like, collect 100 rings in one level to get a Chaos Emerald and... It's very hard for me to do. And that the Labyrinth Zone was super tough. It took me a long time to get through it. But in the end, I eventually deleted the game because it was taking up valuable space on my iPod. Um, I've also played a bit of Sonic CD, which came out on the Sega CD, which I'll get into later. But anyway, some, so like, we, like I did with the Sega Genesis, like I did with the NES, there are um, six things I wanted to go into for the Genesis. So first off, it sold 30,750,000 units worldwide. Also, I just want to say that Sega's consoles absolutely decimated in Brazil. Like it, it's so popular there. Like it's really weird what works and what doesn't. Like a lot of things that we Americans haven't really heard of, but mainly with video games are super big in Japan. Apparently, the reason Nintendo Power Magazine was created, which it's like I said, like because Nintendo Power Issue 1 also released this year in gaming. The reason Nintendo released a magazine at all is because in Japan, everybody lives super close to each other. So if Nintendo wanted to spread news, they could just do it easily by word of mouth. But it doesn't work that way in America. So they had to make a magazine to spread Nintendo news. And apparently it ran until like, 2015 i want to say but it ran for like over 300 issues um yeah you said that uh the genesis like some stuff a lot of stuff worked better in japan than it did in the u.s i want to point out that's because most of the that that's where sega was based (laughs) uh yeah well same with nintendo (laughs) Most of their stuff was just released to Japan anyways. Yeah. Uh, like, it, for instance, sort of Vermilion and rent hero Yeah, um, it is a shame that a lot of great games, like Nintendo games especially, haven't been localized. <laughs> Mother 3. <laughs> oh, oh we, had the, we had the same joke. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one coming. Yeah. I mean, the original Mother did get translated, but only on the Wii U eShop. It would be nice if... Nintendo actually did an eShop instead of having NES and Super Nintendo games confi- confined to an online service. But also, mm. we're recording this on, is it the first day of March? I think it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. My sister's birthday's tomorrow, so. Oh, well, happy birthday. Um, Thank you. So Mario is going to die at the end of this month. No, he won't. It, it's um a bunch of Mario-related things are being canceled and nintendo won't sell them anymore after march 31st mario Mm. 3d all-stars you won't be able to upload levels on the original wii u version of super mario maker the game and watch mario game won't be sold and uh, what was the other one i think i went through all of them but uh yeah mario 3d all-stars is the biggest one thankfully i got it but 
it's a shame it didn't have Galaxy 2 on it. Also, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light, its its American localization won't be available for purchase anymore either. Mario Bros. 35, it's the Mario Battle Royale game. That one won't be available either. Um, But anyway, the Sega Genesis's best-selling game was Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course it was. My uncle actually owns a lot of genesis games a lot of really good ones i don't think he owns sonic 3 but i definitely know he owns the first two um the what a bunch of people regard as the best game for the series on the genesis is actually not a sonic game and it's something you'll appreciate but it's gunstar heroes it's such a good game i don't know if it's necessarily the best though sega genesis had some good games yeah um and the worst game, which we talked about in our worst games ever game, is Shaq Fu, which is the fighting game starring Shaquille O'Neal. The rarest game to find is surprisingly there's a Sega Genesis version of Tetris that's super rare. I yeah, think there was like um a repackaged version of it for the Genesis that is not as hard to find, but there's a version that's super hard to find. Or maybe I'm just thinking of like the Atari 2600 Superman game because like one version of that's hard to find the other versions are super hard to find and the last game released for it was frogger which we i think we mentioned in a previous episode was also the last game released for the snes um anyway there are a couple of other games i wanted to get into first off there's golden axe which is a game where you play like three barbarians i think it's four but and then you it's a barbarian dude uh, in a battle thong, a barbarian woman in a battle thong, and a dwarf who has more clothing than both of them combined. It's, it's kind of like, sad um, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, He Man just wears a thong if I remember right. I think he wears very high boots, but still. Yeah, that's what this guy's doing. Too. Yeah. TV, TV and video game characters in the '90s are wearing way too little clothing. And uh, still today, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, Altered Beast is also a pretty famous Sega Genesis game. You play as this guy that turns into different animals. My uncle owns the Game Boy Advance version of that. I think my brother and dad played that a while ago. I don't remember what happened, though. I think we ran out of time to play video games for that night. It looked pretty interesting, but I was too busy doing something else. I think it was uh, maybe Mother 3. I might have been playing it at that point. Not sure. Um, another game I wanted to bring up is Boogerman, a pick and flick adventure. I have the soundtrack for that. It's actually pretty good. Um, so actually the people who made that game a number of years ago, they tried to start a Kickstarter campaign to re-release it, but sadly it wasn't successful. And even if Kickstarter campaigns are successful, they don't always turn out the best. Mighty number nine taught us that. If you know about Mighty number nine, right? Nope. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll explain it. Quick tangent time. So the creator of Mega Man, apparently Capcom's not the best place to work at. So he had a lot of licensing trouble with Mega Man. And then he thought, you know, screw it. I'll just make my own Mega Man-like creation. 
game and then he called it mighty number nine and he did it on kickstarter and there were a bunch of delays so much so that by the point the game came out nobody really cared and not only that there wasn't just a kickstarter campaign for the game there was also a kickstarter for the voice acting and some dlc before the game had even actually released by the time that did release it wasn't even that good plus people's wii u's have crashed just because the original version of that game had a really weird bug in it Actually, the original, we had an interesting bug in it, not due to a particular game, but apparently there was like a problem with the cooling fan where if people played for too long, the graphics card would heat up and there would be little black dots on the screen whenever you play a game on your Wii. Mm. But anyway, another another game that's kind of in the odd cartoony vein of Boogerman is Earthworm Jim. What's interesting about that game is there's actually a song on the soundtrack where it begins the exact same way this classical music piece called Night on Bald Mountain does. If you've ever seen Fantasia, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of my favorite classical pieces ever, but I've never played the game and it looks interesting. And actually, Earthworm Jim and Boogerman both made appearances in the world's rarest Nintendo 64 game, Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut, which we'll probably get into once we do the Nintendo 64 episode. And the Nintendo 64 is actually turning 25 this year. Hey, happy birthday. Anyway, moving on. Another game I wanted to talk about is Toe Jam and Earl. It's a pretty famous Sega Genesis game. I haven't played it, but I know it's famous. My dad tried to get it working, but uh, I was too stupid and fell off ledges every five seconds. uh, And (laughs) I kind of just quit. (laughs) It Um, did not work well for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um. There's also Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, and I played the mobile version of that on my Kindle Fire tablet, and I didn't play it for too long, but there is a Mickey game I have played that I like, Epic Mickey, but I didn't play too much through it because it got a little too hard for me. The Epic Mickey games are really good. I should play the second one. I, um, pl- I played either World of Illusions or Castle of Illusions. Not sure which game I played. Uh, yeah, they were both on the Genesis, both pretty famous. Um, yeah, and uh, we played that for so long, several years, actually. Yeah. It's, it, it's a pretty good game. Another game that I wanted to mention real quick is Comics Zone. It's a game that's kind of, it looks a lot like a comic book when you're playing it. It's pretty cool. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have actually heard of it. I think my dad has it. Uh, he has quite a few of the Sega Genesis games. As well as the Genesis. I think he had like the shell of another one as well because we have an emulator that's in a Genesis case. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How'd you get that? Huh? How did you get that? I think he uses a Raspberry Pi and uh, some online emulators. Not sure exactly. Oh, so he built it himself? Yeah, kind of. And then he just put it in a Genesis case. And uh, it looks pretty good, uh, and it works really well. We're able to play pretty much, well, well, thousands of classic games. Nice. So I've played quite a few games. It's pretty nice. I still try not to dabble in emulation since those are really um, are kind yeah, kind of shady legally since Nintendo shut down a pretty famous emulation service a while ago. Um, I think Dolphin's safe for now, but. I really want to play Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door, and it almost seems like an emulator is the best option since it's going for like between eighty and a hundred dollars. But anyway, another one, another game I wanted to bring up is Virtua Fighter Two. The original Virtua Fighter was an 
arcade game that Sega released, and its sequel is on the Genesis. Oh, also, Arco says he's not going to be able to talk for the next few minutes, so there are a couple more games I wanted to bring up. Um, I'll be listening. I might pop in, but we'll see. I have to do right. something real quick. Um, Vector Man, which I kind of hastily put together this list, so I should have done more research. I promise I'll do it next time since next year in Years in Gaming we'll be doing 1989, which is the year of the Game Boy. Vector Man actually looks a lot like a, a certain boss from Gunstar Heroes. He looks kind of like the core guardian. You'll have to check it out at some point. Another interesting game is Mega Man The Wily Wars. Most, um, Mega Man games by this point had only released on Nintendo system. So it was nice for Sega owners to be able to have a Mega Man game to play. Nowadays, if you own a Switch, I think you can play both a Mega Man collection and a Mega Man X collection, which which really works out since um, Mega Man X3 is super rare. So now you'll have a chance to play it. Oh, actually, there is um, there's a Sega Genesis mini console. There are two of them, actually one of which was made by Sega themselves, and you can actually buy Sega CD and 32X add-ons. I'm not sure if you can buy them now because I saw the announcement from 2019, and it was just an announcement. I have no idea if they're out now or not or if they still haven't released. But anyway, there was another version that was also a Sega Genesis emulator, but it also had a, a port in the top where you could play regular Genesis games that you actually own as well as games that already came pre-downloaded on the system. So... That looks pretty cool, but I think I heard that the uh, the way it looks on the screen is kind of cruddy. Uh, but anyway, that's pretty cool. And anyway, there were some add-ons for the Sega Genesis as well. There was the Sega 32X, which you using that you could play 32-bit games in all their all their glory. There weren't many games released for that. I think there were only 32 games, which actually worked out, hence the name. And I think the only notable game is, I mean, they released Doom and they also released um, Knuckles Chaotix, which introduced the char- the Sonic characters. Vect- I think it was like Vector the Crocodile and Charmy B. I don't, I, I don't think his name was Vector, but. Anyway, every time I say Vector, I think of the guy from Despicable Me. (laughs) But anyway, the next game I wanted to mention is something Yoshimitsu will definitely be interested in, Streets of Rage 2. I know you're a fan of that series. Yes, uh, I've played that game several times. I don't think I've actually beaten it. I've gotten close, though. Um, There's quite a few versions of it on Scratch, but they're too easy. You can just spam the uh, special attack and it does nothing to you. Yeah, it's so so fun playing like classic game recreations on Scratch. It was actually this. um, It doesn't work all the time, though, which is kind of a shame. There was this um, scratcher I saw named Scratch U8, and he created a. I think it was like a 2D version of Super Mario Sunshine, and it played pretty well. And if you don't know what I'm talking about at all, um, I'm on this coding website called Scratch where people can code their own creations. You know, the most common types are animations and games. I think there are a couple more out there. My sister's really into this book series called Warriors, and she found this, like, almost virtual war- pet warriors game that 
looks pretty interesting, but I'm not really into that series. But anyway, scra- a pretty good series. Yeah, Scratchy Wade is a scratcher, and his avatar is basically Mario, but with purple and green instead of red and blue colors. And the last game for the Genesis I wanted to mention is Musha Alest, which I know you'll definitely want me to bring up. Yeah, I mentioned that as one of my runner-ups for the uh, soundtrack list. It has a pretty good soundtrack. Um, a lot of it kind of sounds pretty similar, but uh, it, it, it it's good. I would recommend checking it out at some point. All right. Um, but anyway, that is the last game I have on my game list. Do you have um, any other Genesis games that I missed that I should have put on there? Uh, yes, uh, I would like to mention uh, a few things. First of all, Castlevania Bloodlines. Oh. Uh, I, I just know that by the soundtrack, it's pretty good. The Fantasy Star series. Uh, oh, um, yes. Uh, Fantasy Star Online, actually, I wanted to bring up real quick, is it's... There was this GameCube controller that had a giant keyboard in the middle, and it was created specifically for Fantasy Star Online, so players could chat with each other easily. And it, yeah, Fantasy Star Online sounded pretty clunky to use, but I don't think there's online on the GameCube anymore, so you can't use it. But you had to buy a speci- special modem adapter to put on the bottom of your GameCube just to play it. Yeah, Fantasy Star 2 was one of my dad's first video games, and uh, he loves it. The soundtrack is also very, very good for uh, 2, 3, and 4. haven't heard the first one. Uh, would would recommend uh, Space Harrier, the Revenge of Shinobi, or and the Shinobi series. Uh, yet again, very up. good soundtrack. Uh, Revenge of Shinobi was done by Yuzo Koshiro. I could listen to that soundtrack for hours. Uh, Ristar, also pretty good. Ooh, should have mentioned that one, too. Alien Soldier. Um, the only reason I know about this game is because, uh, A, the composer is uh, Norio Hanzawa, who also did Gunstar Heroes, but also because my dad showed it to me, because that game has one of the worst, most confusing intros of any game ever released. It basically goes into this long backstory. You can't even tell who the good guy is and the bad guy. This guy gets his throne is usurped, so then he goes and attacks them. They're all robots, kind of. I you can't even tell that. They're like robots with eagle heads. Um, the character design is actually pretty cool. Uh, but it basically spends five minutes talking about this entire thing this entire backstory, and then it just ends abruptly with, also, he decided to go after XI Tiger, who is his opponent in this. So then it just plops you right in the middle of this game. You're not even sure if you're a good guy or a bad guy, and you're chasing after this guy who stole your throne. Oh, dear. Uh, The way the gameplay works is the stages is about 10 seconds, and then you fight a boss. Oh. Uh, So it is a very, very fast-playing game. Um, Oh, It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about bad intros? I'm sure the Smash Bros. community will fight you on that one because (laughs) the intros for Super Smash Bros. Melee and Brawl are famous for being really good and still holding up even a day, but for Smash Bros. Wii U, they just did random scenes of gameplay mixed with scenes from reveal trailers. For Smash Ultimate, they didn't even do reveal trailers. They mixed in a couple of cutscenes that were in the game with random gameplay, and I mean... 
I still think the intro cutscene is really cool and does a good job, but it's not as good as Melee or Brawl. And I'm sure there are some people out there who don't like Melee's yeah. intro. But uh, actually, speaking of um, Melee, Nintendo actually won't let people use uh, play Melee on the like online for video game competitions. And a bunch of people got really mad at this, but. I think, hey, it, it's your own fault for trying to emulate an official Nintendo game on a really well-known contest. I think it was called Big House or something. Okay, but seriously, I mean, if you think that's bad, I would recommend taking the four minutes or so it takes to watch the Alien Soldier opening. Uh, just, like, do that at some point. It, it will embarrass you that someone made an intro that long and that wordless. The final game I want to quickly highlight is the uh, Thunder Force series. And uh, this is another series I'm very uh, fond of, just because the soundtrack. Uh, the Thunder Force 2 was composed by Tomomi Otani, who also did Herzog's Way, which uh, for some reason does not appear oh, on um, this list of Genesis games. Actually, because it's um, because it's German, I just wanted to say I think it might be pronounced Herzog's Vi. Oh yeah, it probably is. I'm sorry, Germans, uh, any of our German listeners. But anyways, the... Uh, Tomomi Otani did a very good job on that. Uh, the Thunder Force 2, 3, and 4 all have excellent soundtracks. Would highly recommend going out there and listening to them. But um, anyway, there is one thing I wanted to mention. That, like As well as the Sega 32X, which you put on the top of the Genesis, there's also something you put on the bottom of your Genesis called the Sega CD. And it had Penn and Teller Smoke and Mirrors, which, as we mentioned in our Worst Games Ever episode is famous for having the really bad Desert Bus minigame. Um, Night Trap, which is a game that led to the ESRB rating system, was also on the Sega CD. A lot of film-based games were actually on the Sega CD because it could play film very well. Not as good as a theater could, but kind of well in the standard of video game consoles, I guess. Um... But anyway, a uh, uh, Sonic CD also. Sonic CDs also like I think it introduced it introduced the characters of Metal Sonic and Amy in the Sonic universe. But yeah, anyway, the Sega Genesis. It's a fantastic uh, console, and a lot of these games from the Genesis have been made in have been redone for compilation collections and the mini console, like I mentioned. So if you own a modern console or an old Genesis, check them out. Highly recommend it. But um, anyway, I know this episode was kind of shorter than usual, and quite a bit of it was tangents about video game intros and video game movies. But still, it's fun doing this. I guess that's about it for this episode of Geeks and Games. Yoshimitsu, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on um, Lego Ideas as hmm, that's an H followed by seven M's. Uh, please uh, support my ideas and drop me a follow. That'd be very nice. Uh, and then uh, you can also find me most places where uh, Plague Vamp is as Spectre Vamp. Where can people find you? Oh, uh, yeah. You can find me on Scratch, which I mentioned earlier as Woodstock 05, and also on Lego Ideas as Woodstock 05, and on Plague's Discord server, The Den of Vampire. Actually, it's called Shadow Den now, which I'll link in the description. You can find me as Big R, I think, which is short for Rhythm Bam, which was his name for me. And... Yeah, he, he cut all of our names. I'm kind of annoyed because now I'm Big S. 
And every time I hear that, I feel like my name is being censored because it's something I cannot say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess it does when you think about it. But um, anyway, yeah, so thanks for listening to this episode. Next time we'll be talking about the Game Boy. Right, bye. Bye.